everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Mission Driven. I am here with the founder and CEO of Jobs.mom, Zabine Mirza. Um, thank you, Zabine, for being with me today. I know you have a lot going on, so I'm super appreciative, and my audience is also appreciative of your time. Oh, it's my pleasure, Monica. Thanks so much for having me. So how, how can a mom restart her career, whether she's in her 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I think it's also as relevant as ever, considering the pandemic we're in. A lot of women um, and mothers especially have been pushed out of the workforce um, and have been unemployed. And now as we open back up or start to open back up, women that have been unemployed uh, for a number of reasons, you know, childcare, you know, the market, the state of the businesses, uh, what have you, they're considering their next move. So where do you start? How do you start? The first thing is to understand what your priorities are. What industry are you looking to get into? What level of role are you looking to get into? Um, what skills do you have versus what skills those roles need you to have? How do you bridge that gap? Um, you, you then need to be honest with yourself about the type of commitment that you, that you can make. Can you work full time? What kind of hours? Do you need to work remote? Do you need to you know, have a commute that is less than X amount of time? So I think a lot of planning and preparation has to be done on the front end before you can even begin your job search um, or consider restarting your career because um, whether you've been out of the workforce one month, one year, 10 years, um, things change. Things change on a day-to-day -day basis. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to have a plan. And that plan begins with you prioritizing the things that are important for you and then understanding what is and is not acceptable in terms of pay, commute, type of company, number of hours, the, the, the type of role, uh, all of those considerations. Wonderful. And, you know, touching on one of your points that you need to bridge the gap between the skills you have and the skills that the job requires, um, what is your take on that? Does it have to be 100% match, 50% match? I think that depends on the industry. That's a really good question. So what we do at jobs.mom, we have a corporate services team that works specifically on upskilling and reskilling women on the skills that they need for the future. So we have an initiative called 10 skills, 10 hours. We don't have 10 months to figure out what we need to do. We have 10 hours where we learn 10 skills that are critical um, for post-pandemic work and, and for the workplaces of the future. That being said, those are more of a soft skills type of focus. So everything from negotiation, judgment, decision-making, DEI. Um, but what about the technical skills? So your question was, you know, does it have to be a hundred percent match versus, you know, a semi-match? I would say that that really depends on the industry, but to that, I will also add an asterisk. There, there has been a very famous study that was done on how men job hunt versus how women job hunt. And you're smiling um, because I'm sure you're familiar. Yeah, um, I read it. Men can meet none of the criteria in a job description, none, zero, and will apply. Women can meet all of them, but still not apply because they second guess and doubt themselves whether they truly meet those qualifications or at the level of the qualifications they in themselves uh, believe that they need to meet. So what you need to first understand is what are the skills that can be taught and employers understand this too. Uh, versus what are the skills that cannot? And what do you have in either category or are lacking in either category? 
I will tell you, employers are more and more hiring for attitude, competency, capability, work ethic, ethic, drive, and ambition over more technical uh, skills. Obviously, technical skills in industries that are tech heavy are important, um, but they can be taught. A good attitude, a good work ethic, commitment, time management skills, those are much more difficult. So Absolutely. in terms of bridging that gap, it's really job dependent, uh, sector and, and industry dependent. But what I will tell to all the women and the people that are listening to you is don't sell yourself short. You don't need to be a hundred percent match. You need to sell what you have and put the onus on the employers to say, you know what, we will bridge the gap for her because we think that she is really valuable. Absolutely. And, and what I find interesting is I don't know that from my background as an HR and recruiting as well, I don't know that I want a hundred percent match right? I want somebody who can improve their skills a little bit, or maybe they have other skills in other categories that aren't even listed on, on my job description. And it, that those could be the most important skills that I'm, I'm missing out on as a hiring manager. So I think in, in my perspective, maybe an 80% match is still far better than 100%. Absolutely. And there are, there are real drawbacks to having people being 100% match, some of which you touched upon. But a lot of times when people come with um, experiences and backgrounds in two buckets, one that completely match what you're looking for, which the risk is that they're going to be homogenous, yeah. like everybody else in your workplace, which is detrimental to your business when you don't have a diversity of ideas, perspectives, backgrounds, expertise. Mm -hmm. It's detrimental to the business, not just to the culture, the business. Um, the second thing is um, old habits die hard it's hard to retrain and reteach people when they've been doing things the same way for 10 years, 20 years. Um, and so there's a balance that companies need to strike and are learning very quickly about as well as they see uh, and face these difficulties. So I would warn employers, you know, have a rough idea, absolutely, but don't turn people away um, based solely on whether they're an exact match for the qualifications you think they need to have. Yeah. And what I always found funny, um, and I don't think anything's changed in the legal perspective of this, is people would say you're overqualified for this job. And I would yell at them saying, the minute you say they're overqualified, you're essentially saying they're qualified. They just need to take a lesser pay rate is, exactly. is basically what you're saying. So, you know, knowing that what what are questions that recruiters should or should not ask women that may or may not have children? First of all, you should never ask them if they have children. Number one, it doesn't matter. A woman's you don't status, have to answer it. Absolutely. So a woman's family status, marital status, childbearing status is irrelevant to the role. It's irrelevant to her capabilities, to her skills, her intelligence. It's irrelevant. It's illegal. You should not be asking women these questions. Um, you should also not be asking them questions like, um, you know, what are your plans? You know, what if you have kids? What if this? What if that? Ask them. And my, my rule is, if you wouldn't ask a man, you don't ask a woman. And ask only about their skills. Ask only about the things that are relevant to the job, to the role, to your culture, mm -hmm. right? But don't immediately make any assumptions about a woman based on any of those things that we just talked about and certainly do not ask her that because what's gonna happen is not only are you doing something that is unethical and illegal and you know discriminatory, 
you are going to lose out on really top-notch talent because they do not want to work for misogynistic cultures yeah. or organizations. So discrimination is bad for your business, not just because you're going to get hit with lawsuits, it's because you're going to fail to recruit and retain good talent. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. So what advice do you have for women that are preparing to come back into the workforce after having a child or two? Well, the first thing that I would say is you don't need to apologize for having been gone on maternity leave. And apologizing doesn't necessarily mean that you apologize by saying, I'm so sorry I was out for the measly six weeks this government allows me to take off after I've grown and evicted another human being from my body. That's not necessarily what it is. Apologizing comes in many forms, overcompensation, working 24 hours, not asking for help, not voicing unfair you know, uh, distribution of work, um, accepting slights against you, for example, being passed over for promotion or for a project. So that's all you apologizing and feeling like you deserve those things because you decided to have a kid. So the first thing you need to stop doing is feeling bad that you went, you had a kid, you had to recover, and now you're back, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, as you come back, right, you need to advocate for yourself in the workplace in a number of things, in, in a number of ways. Have meetings to say, can we talk about what's gone on while I've been on maternity leave? Where are we now? What is in our pipeline? What can I do now to pick up where you need help? What support is needed? Be active, but don't pretend like you weren't gone and just think right. that I'm going to show up and start working. Help them acknowledge, have them acknowledge that, yes, I have been gone. Let's get up to speed and let's figure out now where we go from here. But yeah. you have to do this. They're not going to do it on their own. That's great. That's such a great collaborative approach that I think a lot of companies might miss out on because women pretend like they didn't have the child, right? They don't bring that elephant into the room. They just they just keep going. And I think that might be to the detriment of the entire team because you kind of get a fresh start restarting six or eight weeks after. And, and some people are fortunate enough to have six months to nine months off, which is even better, I think, to be home with a child for that long. Um, okay. But you know, coming back with a bit of a fresh outlook, um, a bit of a, a restart perspective is, is super beneficial. Um, so Zabine, is it possible to have it all? It's not, it's not possible to have it all. Um, you should also not want it all. Right. Um, I think it's this big lie that women are told you can have it all. All that is telling you is that you need to work yourself to the bone, work harder, work longer, work better, work faster, do more, 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 more because you should have it all. And that's the only way you can have it all. You cannot have it all. We see it in the pandemic. I cannot as a mother work full time, be at home with an infant plus two older children that are virtually remote learning, support them, feed them, help them in school, care for them, change the diapers and work in the same way. I cannot, it's not possible, right? It's not possible, number one. Number two, it's not saying that you can't have a successful career and you can't have kids and you can't raise your family. That's not what I'm saying. 
What I'm saying is in order to have it all, quote unquote, there needs to be infrastructure in place. There needs to be employer support in place. There needs to be flexibility for women and mothers in place. There needs to be a humane amount of maternity leave awarded to women that is not forcing me to come back to work with a 45 day old baby. That's mm-hmm. a six week maternity leave, 45 days old. And what a privilege it is. We need to recognize what a privilege it is for me to be able to find a nanny, for me to be able to afford daycare. There are women that cannot, and there are employers that penalize women for having children. So employers, society, communities, We push women from the second that they are born to get married, to have kids, to do this, to do that. And then the second that they have them, we don't want to help them with childcare. We don't want to give them maternity leave. We don't want to give them reproductive rights. We don't want to give universal healthcare. So if you want to truly support women and have them have it all, have a successful career at home, What you need to do is employers, society, the government, stakeholders, you need to provide childcare support. You need to solve the childcare crisis. You need to give women and mothers fair, reasonable healthcare and maternity leave. And at work, if you want women and mothers to succeed in their careers, invest in your women, invest in professional development, invest in training, give them equal pay, give them equal opportunities for leadership. They can't have it all because the society we live in is not built to give women all. Right now, it's a big lie. And that lie says women work 24 hours a day, forsake your own mental and physical well-being, and then maybe at 77 cents against every male dollar, you can have a career, but also we're not gonna let you work flexibly and we're not gonna support or subsidize childcare. And oh, it's a pandemic. I'm sorry, you're the first that we're going to cut. Even though you work all night, you've never missed a day. You've always met all your deadlines and you've always been an exceptional employee. So no, women cannot have it all. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. And not until we have major systemic changes. Absolutely. Completely agree. So Zabine, during the the pandemic and even before, how have you utilized social media channels to either advocate for advocate for what you believe in or for um, just brand awareness? So jobs.mom, our our primary goal first and foremost is to put every mother that wants to work back to work. That's number one. Everything else that we do is to support that one primary mission. We support you in building your resumes. We support you in building your cover letters. We support you in preparing your interviews. We support you in upskilling and reskilling, as I mentioned, the 10 skills, 10 hours. But on the other side, we are pushing and advocating and lobbying with employers to say, what are you doing to help these women and these mothers back to work? How are you supporting them? How are you developing them? How are you paying them? How are you promoting them? So we utilize social media in a number of ways. We share a lot of research. We we share a lot of statistics. We share a lot of uh, studies. 
We share a lot of our programs, insights, our podcast is Moms at Work. You can visit jobs.mom slash podcast. And I can share with you, Monica, all of our handles and, and you can perhaps share it with all your listeners. Um, and you can follow us and you can follow the work that we're doing. We showcase employers that are that are doing right by, by these women um, because it's a big decision to commit yourself to a career. You wanna make sure that where you're going, you know, you spend more time at work than you spend at home. You wanna make sure that where you're going, these are people that value you, that mm -hmm. value who you are, that value your capabilities and that there really is a trajectory for success and leadership. Um, and it's a culture that's really inclusive, not just in name only. So we utilize social media to raise awareness about the work that we're doing, the programs that we're running, the services that we provide, but also to empower and uplift and build confidence in these women. And I will tell you, we are not a kumbaya, hold hands around a campfire kind of find your tribe people. At the right. end of the day, it's not other people that are going to advocate for you, it's you. So we teach you to network but your network is not gonna get you a job. They're gonna open some doors. Maybe they can give you some pointers possibly, but it's you. So we use social media to really help empower and embolden women to be more confident, to be more capable, um, to really go out and advocate for themselves. And we encourage them also um, to come onto jobs.mom, subscribe, subscribe to the job board so employers can see you. Um, one of the biggest things that we hear from employers is we want to hire mothers. We want to hire women and mothers and professional and qualified females, but we don't know where to go. Well, you come to jobs.mom and you'll find them. Um, and so that's how we've been utilizing social media. We've been engaging in dialogue. We've been making connections. And of course, we've been connecting mothers to employers and, and to jobs. That's wonderful. And, and of course, at the end of this podcast, I will share all your social, any kind of information to bring people to your website um, and, you know, obviously build awareness even, even more than you already have. Um, so I guess for the last minute, Zabine, if you can summarize, what is your mission? What do you do and why does it drive you? Our mission is to get every mother that wants to work a job. I do it because I'm a mother of three children and for every child that I have had, I have had equally and progressively worse and worse experiences at employers where I was either let go because of my pregnancy, not allowed to work flexibly when I was sick or I was discriminated against. And you know, regardless of the culture, the country, the sector, the industry, the role, the level, mothers are paid less they are promoted less, they are not given a seat at the table and that needs to end now. When you look at the statistics in this pandemic alone, in the United States, we realized a real economic loss of $67.5 billion simply by not having mothers in the workplace, mothers, okay? And across all American workers, 91% of American workers said that working mothers outperform, outpace, outproduce, outsell, outmanage, outlead, out exceed every expectation, and yet they are paid less, they are hired less, they are represented less, they are promoted less. It needs to stop. So what drives me is that for every woman and every mother that we place in a role, 
And for every employer that we get on board to say, hey, let's make a more inclusive culture for these mothers is one less mother in the world that has to go through what I had to go through, that has to go through what so many millions and millions and millions of women around the world are going through as it pertains to balancing a career um, and family. That is so powerful. Thank you for sharing and, and for helping empower these women to go back into the workforce with the right tools that they need, being aligned with the right companies that are, are looking for them. Um, so like I said earlier, I will share all your information in the show notes down below. Feel free to reach out to Zabine for more information. 